listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 514. My name is Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we try to stay one step ahead of the Department of Justice, because if they can do this to Trump, they can do it to you. (laughs) I know, he's being totally railroaded. He's so completely innocent, and obviously so. I'm sorry. It's like the level of stupidity (laughs) coming from supporters of Trump is positively breathtaking. The yeah. alternative facts. I, I I love that phrase, alternative facts. Um, well, it's not the same as uh, Hillary. You know, why isn't she indicted? Well, because it's not the same as Hillary. Yeah. Well, what about Hunter's laptop? Well, Biden's garage. It's like, I, I heard yeah. Jim Jordan seriously tell Dana Bash, and she her response was, that doesn't make any sense. Mm. It's like, well... Uh, you know, he had them in a bathroom, bathroom doors lock. Uh, what about a garage where the garage door goes up and down? I'm like, okay. How about uh, this? He's not supposed to have them at all. And when the government says, can we very kindly have our classified documents back? You're supposed to say yes well, and okay. give them back. But but let me, let me return to the garage door. My garage door locks. I'm pretty sure the sitting president of the United States has a house in which the garage doors lock. Uh, maybe I'm crazy about that, but uh, yeah. you know, anyway. Um, uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's also the, 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 I think a lot of these things, it's like the level of classification, like a lot of the stuff that some of these guys, like even Mike Pence, you know, he had stuff, but it's cause you know, they'll have like a whole binder full of stuff. And maybe there's like one or two classified pages in there that you wouldn't necessarily even know that. Right. So you have this binder of stuff in your in your files, and in there, there's some classified stuff. And the government says, hey, you got classified stuff. And most people are like, oh, shit, sorry. Here, take it back. Or or Biden and Pence both going, hey, I looked through my stuff. You know, started getting worried. I went and looked through stuff, found I had some classified documents. Here you go. Instead of like, oh, I got classified documents? F you. I'm keeping them. Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, and I guess because we do have an international audience, uh, I mean, granted, most of our listeners are in the United States, but certainly all three of our listeners that provide feedback on a weekly basis are from Europe. And the argument that, well, you're indicting a a former president, how is that going to look, you know, to uh, the rest of the world? It's going to look like nobody's above the law. And and real quickly, country does it. Scotland's doing it right now. Well, wait a minute. They, they just arrested their their former prime minister. So, like, yeah, but Europe's a third world continent. I mean, <laughs> according to, so again, just for our, you know, listeners out there that that maybe aren't up on things, just real quickly, and I'll be brief here. So, I believe it was 2018, and Trump is in office. He tries to extort President Zelensky by threatening to withhold aid that had already been allocated for their military in return for him digging up dirt on Biden. Probably a crime, but as the Republicans pointed out, well, you can't indict a sitting president. All right, fine. What can we do? We can try to impeach him, even though it was fruitless. Well, you really shouldn't impeach him because he's running for president and and we should let the people decide. Okay, well, the people decide overwhelmingly we don't want Trump. Well, yeah, but the election was stolen. 
Mm. Fast forward to our current situation. Well, you you're weaponizing the DOJ. He's running for president. So, you know, my Republican friends out there, at least have the courage of your fucking convictions and tell me to my face, you think Donald Trump is above the law because I, I, I don't see any other explanation well, well, the for people who support him don't necessarily think he's above the law. They just think that everything that is there's that's all made up. Right. All the charges are, are fake, that this is all fake news. That's what he's, that's what he's throwing. And I'm sorry for everyone out there, but this really does uh, strike a chord with both of us, obviously. But you know, like it's, um, I can't remember like, you know, th- those who make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. I believe that's Voltaire. But this is the classic example of that, right? He can just tell people, "Oh, anything they tell you that uh, that makes me look bad is that's fake. It's untrue." But anything I tell you, no matter how absolutely ludicrous it is, is completely the truth. And people buy that. Their distrust of the government is so deep that they believe this freaking guy, like a guy who's some billion. Well, no, oh, no, yeah. some <laughs> rich daddy's son from New York. You know, they think he's with them and some poor farmer in Oklahoma or Alabama thinks that Donald Trump gives two shits about them. And he does so far as like, you know, to get money from them or get their vote. But other than that, he could give a shit about you. Yeah. That's the sad thing about it. You know, it's just like it's I don't know. It's so sad. Oh, it's it's just I don't know. And then they appoint the judge that's overseeing this, which is terrifying point number two. But, uh, you know, anyway, we will uh, see. So we'll uh, we'll we'll leave that there because obviously we could go on for the entire whole new new podcast. Yeah. But the uh, pod save the world guys are a run for their money. Yep. Uh, all right. Just a reminder, we typically record Monday or Tuesday. Feedback needs to be in by Sunday night. Audio feedback has a six-minute time limit for now. If you want to contact us, sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can do that. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. All right. So it, what I was going to say in the what I'm watching, I was going to you know use my rant in that section that uh, <laughs> I'm watching. the. Well, too late for that. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm watching another Scandinavian series, Swedish crime drama, Murder in Sweden, which is basically how Amazon Prime Video has retitled it. And I think I've mentioned this before, that Amazon does this frequently. The The title of the show is actually Maria Wern, W-E-R-N, which is the name of the lead detective. And another thing that, that Prime Video does, and, and, and I really should also blame it on uh, PBS because it's, you know, I, I get PBS through uh, Amazon and I'm never sure who to blame for things like this. But, you know, on Prime, it says season one. Well, it's actually seasons four and five <laughs> on this mm. series. So regardless, I went down and, and, and I've got a good tip that I'll, I'll bring up next week because I'm already taking a lot of time. But single mother driven by the desire to solve the crime no matter the cost. And, and like so many, as I was saying to my wife, and she's like, yeah, you're right. Uh, attractive female detective, wild hair, <clears throat> black jeans, sweaters, just... You know, just a great detective 
sometimes she has kids, sometimes not. This one, she does have two children at home, but uh, it's really good. And, and uh, um, you know, I, I, you know I'll, I'll go into more detail, but I found an app called Hoopla that I thought when they said, you know, sign up, I'm like, oh, okay, nah, I don't really want to sign up. And then it's like, at the end, all they wanted was my library card and an email. So I'm getting early seasons of this international show through Hoopla, which Mm. I have as an app on my Roku. I was ready to, you know, have to hook up my laptop to the TV, but don't have to. Mm, Sweet. Anyway, what do you got? Uh, So as I had said um, last week, I, I did do my yearly Band of Brothers rewatch as uh, June 6th, which is the anniversary of the D-Day invasion has come by. It's actually, I guess I've gotten so predictable that, um, you know, my son uh, just walked by as I was watching. He said, June 6th, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Um, So that is probably my one of my absolute favorites i mean that probably is definitely one of my absolute favorite shows ever might be up there with my favorite especially for a, a limited run series just was great so that was that's a lot of fun um currently uh re-watching strange new worlds i don't know if i'm going to uh get there before uh the the new season drops on the 15th which is thursday uh, but you know, I'm giving it giving it a try. I'm, I've actually I'm four in, so I think I think I got a good shot at it. If I do two a night, that's Monday, Tuesday. Yeah, I get two a night. I should be able to do it. So, um, but you know that's that's just great. And and uh, second time around, it's it's even more fun to watch. Um, the last one's a movie that I watched. That's actually you might have heard about this. I, I guess tangential. Well, not tangential. Also. A World War II story, except this one more about intelligence called Operation Mincemeat. I've heard, heard of this. it. Yeah. It was really good. I actually had read a book about this where the uh, the British, um, I don't know what it was, MI5, maybe MI6, MI, MI something, took a corpse and uh, dressed oh, it up in a to British, deceive the Germans. Yeah, yeah. Put, dressed up in the British officer's uniform. Uh, handcuffed a, a suitcase to his arm with fake uh, plans for the invasion of um, not it, it was not for the Normandy invasion. I, for some reason, I, as I remember reading the book, I thought it was, but it's um, invading you know southern Italy. So they they uh, you know gave these guys the the fake plans and you know um, that. So I'll, I'll just leave it at that. But like Colin, I think it's Colin Firth, right? Colin Firth was like the the lead guy he was he's he's awesome he's such a good actor and it's it was you know there were some funny parts but also some intrigue parts and it was just actually uh real it's some movie i'd wanted to watch for ages and i just never got around to it i'm glad i did it was actually pretty pretty good movie i liked it so well the dude that's in succession was in this oh um, Shiv, shiv's husband Oh yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, that that dude. Um, yeah, whatever yeah, his name like is, a, Mc Mc something last name. Yeah, yeah. McFadden. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 He's that, that guy's a really good actor. Like, yeah. Yeah. He's he's he was one of the parts about, and and again, 
I, I, I know I've said before, I, I promise, don't, don't be mad at me that I'm just putting succession on hold for right now. Just, it didn't necessarily grab me right out of the gate, but I understand that it is wildly popular. Loads of people are talking about it. So obviously something happened there and it, it gets better. So I, I, I trust the process. Uh, I will get back to it. Cool. All right. Well, let's get to Fringe. Episode yeah. 15, season two, titled Peter. Written by members of the A-Team, J.H. Wyman, Jeff Pinkner, Akiva Goldman, Josh Singer wrote the story, teleplay by Wyman, Pinkner, and Singer, directed by David Strayton, who directed a bunch of episodes of Dollhouse, Hemlock Grove, Grimm, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and this one aired April 1st, 2010. So as we said last week, there was a two-month gap in between the bombshell that's dropped at uh, Olivia's lap and Walter coming to her apartment and confronting her. What'd you think of the alternate title sequence? Loved it. Yeah. The, the Tron title sequence. Yeah. 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 It's great. And they even had like kind of 80s synthesizer music and everything. I mean, we just, just so you know, like right from the start that this is going to be a different episode. Yeah. I'm not going to play bones about it. This was a freaking amazing episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd have to be a moron to say otherwise. It was just incredible. Uh, Probably the best uh, of the series so far. Um, But but yeah, like even how they just started off, just setting that tone to take us to understand that you know that this is a a different time because you know it's it's we see Walter in 1985. 84? Well, you know, I think the opening scene is 83, but then I think they say 85 later. Okay. This isn't our Walter, right? I mean, this is our Walter, but this is Walter a long, you know, time ago, which is, I guess, 20 plus, 20 some years ago. And so, you know, while we recognize some aspects of, of the Walter we know, we also understand that this man is a much different man than, than the Walter we see before us. Yeah. And it's the Walter that we've speculated about time and again, what he was like back then before St. Clair, before the lab accident, before having sections of his brain removed. And, and we only speculated. Um, so yeah, so we get a lot of that. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Orla Brady, the Irish act, uh, actress that plays Elizabeth Bishop. And again, I have to go back to, all right, granted, she's a recurring character. Oh, I forget how many episodes she's going to be in. It's a few. But Anna Torvin and John Noble, both Australian. Um, so, um, you know, I don't know what, what uh, that's all about, but I like it. Love her accent. But you mentioned Walter, and, and one of the things that jumps out at me right away in my notes is that that saying that he brings up no limitations no boundaries and and he's telling the military that in that opening scene with the you know u.s army research hq and you know he's showing them the you know the flip phone and which watching now are like really well, but for eighty three, that <laughs> right. was pretty good. I know, I know, I know exactly. <laughs> you know, it was it was a lot more um, impressive uh, back in twenty ten. Right, and what 
we learn is, okay, it doesn't work. So, so he's really only copied it visually to this right. point. At least that's my well, understanding. It, it might work, but you need like more than one. Yeah, right. And, to work. and cell towers and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you need a network, right? You keep I'm that. a little surprised that when he tells the generals that this technology actually came from an alternate universe, they're like, oh, okay. So yeah. uh, did you go there? <laughs> like, no, not yet. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty wild for sure. Right. And, you know, he shows them the alternate New York city with its empire state building. And then of course the Zeppelins flying past it is obviously a, a really cool visual, but it also brings up a couple nitpicks that I have. And, and I'm like you, I thought this was a, just a great episode. It's, I'm not ready to ask you whether you're going to assign a plus to this one. Um, I'm not sure I'm going to, but you, you know, the, the, I, I get him taking them up and showing them the empire state building. Cause you know, they're on the empire state building. I assume, but I'm not sure exactly, but um, I guess what I'm getting at is when he shows, uh, you know, when he looks through his window and he sees Walter's lab in the other universe, then are we to understand that alternate or Walternate, his lab is in exactly the same building yes. in exactly yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, because so, you can see, like, he has to. <clears throat> When Walter goes to a different part of his lab, Walter needs to like actually angle the window so he can see where he's going and what he's doing. So we get back to that thing, no limitations, no boundaries, because we've talked many times with many of the shows we cover on the podcast about you know the, the responsibilities that scientists have for their work. And I think what's so fascinating about this Walter that we see from 25 years prior is that on the one hand, he does seem to be, I don't want to say out of control, but I think Nina Sharp would argue that, yeah, Walter, you are a little bit out of control. And, and certainly Carla would argue that. But then we see him with young Peter and I don't know. You, you know, it's like you can't fake that kind of of tenderness that he has for his son. And somebody might say, well, but Peter's been sick his whole life. Okay, but this is a scientist who, on the one hand, is so focused on his work that he doesn't really care about the ramifications for what might happen to the rest of the universe, rest of the world. And yet we see him how he is with his son. So I don't know. I found that fascinating. I don't. I don't know that. Well, yeah, I, I think it's just mostly like he. You know, it's it's almost like like Greek tragedy. How everything like his intentions are not to go and steal Peter. Though we assume the whole episode, like, well, he's going to steal Peter, right? We already know Peter's here, so clearly Walter. Popped over the other place, grabbed the kid, brought him back so he could have his son back. But that's not what happened at all. And it's just a series of events that his intention, which again, like the, you know, 
as they say, the, the, the road to hell is lined with good intentions. Like his intention is just, uh, I'm going to pop over. I'm going to leave the, uh, you know, the, the medicine for Peter and then pop on back and, and everything will be good to go. Right. But then it's just one thing after another happens that leads him to bring him back over. And then when, even then his intention is just to cure the kid, then take him back but then his wife sees him, and then that's all well, right. Done. But but see, and, and that's another, I guess, issue I have with the episode when Walter says, "I had no choice; I had to bring him back to our side to cure him." Well, no, you didn't. You could have gone back to your side, gotten another vial or two, gone back maybe met your alternate self now granted i understand that there are there are issues involved there but you had other options you, you didn't have to do that you didn't have to bring him back yeah well i i think he was probably trying to mitigate the the damage of of you know like opening up this portal which he understands even though he still does it he understands that this is not a great thing 100% well, well yeah but you're doing, opening you know. it the same number of times right true no matter yeah. how you do it so yeah i mean from a That's narrative well, perspective his yeah. as you said his wife seeing peter changes the uh calculus well, of the situation yeah. well and also he's, he's like on he's got a time crunch right peter is dying like we see the scene that you know played out twice uh and in walter's world peter you know they have the coin and then he dies in that scene we see the same scene being played out in the alternate universe, except now it's with his mother. So we, we know Peter doesn't have long left, long left to go. And so Walter, you know, I guess would need to, the most expedient thing is for him to, you know, get him, uh, bring him back and, and get him that, the, the medicine quickly back to his lab. Yeah. And, and I understand that. And, and he's already there. Um, I, I guess then the question also comes up, and and again, I forget who brings it up. Uh, we've got three pieces of feedback this week. I forget who brings it up. But why doesn't adult Peter remember what happened to him at the age of eight? I mean, or I mean, at at, at this age, I won't say I remember everything, but I I feel like I would remember being taken from one universe to another. I mean, maybe not. Well, you know, I, I, there there must have been a fair amount of gaslighting going on here. I think for for young Peter to convince him that no, you, you, I'm your dad. This is your mom. It's the same place before. I don't know why, you know, why are you acting so weird, Peter. You know, well, yeah, um, which again could be also a contributing factor why Peter was so bitter about Walter before as well. Well, you know, they, I mean, they, it's, they would definitely have needed to convince that kid that what he thinks is real is not right um now one of the things i love about this episode is the structure where you know, we've got the flashback framed by uh, walter's conversation confrontation with olivia so i just i just yep. thought that was brilliantly done yeah, ever and, since i read canterbury tales i love a good frame story okay or catcher in the rye again yep. good good frame story yep. so I, I and i don't feel like they carried the flashback sequence on for too long and that's one of the advantages to having a 22 episode season 
so that you can do that. In fact, we've got another episode coming up later in this season where they just totally turn the storytelling on its on its ear, and I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, I'm not going to say anything other than that. Uh, you know, some of you that have seen the series before, you you might know what I'm referring to. But Walter shows up at Olivia's apartment carrying a wrapped frame, and and we we know what it is now. What's she thinking? Walter brought me a piece of art to try to uh, assuage right. my anger, or and I'm not even sure what she's really feeling on the one hand she as she says i'm still trying to process what i've seen but on the other hand olivia dunham's seen a lot of weird shit so yeah. uh, but this kind of goes like yes. beyond the beyonds right this yeah, just of throws course. everything especially with the you know i mean this was an impending romantic ish meetup that was going to happen that totally got kiboshed we assume because you know olivia every time she looks at peter now she sees like this glowing stuff around them it's just right like, did she suddenly get a headache right, right. And, and just go uh you know go home but uh you know um well the other thing i i, I lost it in my notes when, when i was talking about walter's lab and walternet's lab so then we're also supposed to presume that the families live in the same house on the same lot in the same town and and all of that again i guess so yeah you know like his room looked basically i I bet if we went back and like uh paused we would find some you know subtle differences in each peter's room yeah but i you know basically they were the same place yeah yeah um and then walter when he goes to olivia's apartment i think it's really telling how she answers the door because this is not the olivia dunham i think we've come to know she's carrying a drink in one hand and it's not iced tea unless it's a long island iced tea and Uh, it it wasn't it it looked clear so uh uh, stay away from those olivia right so clearly she doesn't want to let him in but but he's not going to take no for an answer his statement to her i was a different man then i was going to change the world and we know at this point in the storytelling that's just going past her she's probably thinking like walter whatever i don't want to hear it yeah she's ghosting him before that was even a thing sure exactly um but as he's telling his story again and and this i think is it's part of why this story is so compelling and and not a flaw is that this walter that we have come to know this walter in the past risks destroying both worlds for the benefit of one boy and i think it's easy to lose track of that because it is not his son, somebody else's son, and and we get that that he sees it as somehow keeping his Peter's memory alive by by keeping you know the Walternet's Peter. But at the end of the day, you know the risk. Carla reminds him of the risk as she says, "I have three degrees in in you know physics or whatever she says." Mm-hmm. We know Nina understands the risks. 
So we know Walter does, and yet he's willing to do that anyway. I don't know. I think we, we should have a problem with that. I mean, on the one hand, you, well, what, he's supposed to let an eight-year-old boy die? You know, sometimes. Well, yes. Well, it's, especially when it's, I mean, it's like not his son, but it like is his son, you know? And we see, I mean, this guy claims to be a god, right? To, yeah. to Dr. Warren. He's like, there's a god here, but it's not yours, sister. You know, so this is a guy whose hubris level is off the charts. Yeah. Right? Like Oedipus and Macbeth worship the amount of hubris that Walter Bishop has here. So, you know, but that is obviously not a great thing. Not in real life, not in literature, not in movies or anything, especially in literature and movies, you know, the hubris is just, you know, you're, it's going to be bad, right? If you were just so convinced of your own abilities that you can't accept advice or see other ways to do things, um, bad things are going to happen. We certainly see uh, terrible, terrible things happen here. Well, well, yeah, we just have to go back to uh, Broyles' comment last week that sometimes all of your options are bad. And I think that's what Walter should have thought about at this point, because he's, I, I think, completely aware when he does this, that the, the, the membrane between the two universes is not going to just simply go back to the way it was, that he has inextricably weakened it. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Um, just a, a, on another quick tangent, I guess I always got the idea that Carla, the young woman who died in the lab fire was much younger. Like I figured, okay, it must be a lab assistant. Who's like 21 or 22. And I'm not saying that because you know, that Walter was having an affair or anything like that. Cause it doesn't seem to be the case that, no. that, you know, the relationship here, but, but, uh, Carla Warren is I, I much older than I guess I, I'd remembered. So, Again, not that it matters. Just now, do we? I, I, I know we we heard about the the fire before. Do we know that Carla Warren is the person who dies in the fire? Yes. Okay. Yeah, because and we meet her mother. I forget what her mother's name, but uh, it's that's M- right, Warren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The other thing that that comes up in this episode is the relationship that, that Walter has with his wife. And, and again, I, I don't want to say we, we know everything there is to know about the relationship because of course that would be ridiculous. She understands that her husband is a serious scientist and the fact that he stays at his lab is not unusual. It, it appears that she trusts him that, that if he doesn't come home, she's not worried he's with another woman or anything like that. But, when she tells him, I can't bear it when you're not here, we understand that it has as much to do with her being alone with Peter and probably the fear that what if something happens and you're not here? Not that she's not capable of handling it on her own, but you understand that, yeah. you know, because we get the idea that, that his lab is not around the corner. The other thing that comes up, maybe one of the most important things, and we certainly don't get an answer at this point, why is Peter so important? 
or even I would add to that, is Peter important because September cocks this up so badly? Well, that could be. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like, I does guess. he make Peter important? Because you know, like Peter would just have been a kid probably before, right? Yeah, but now he's a kid who's stolen from one world and brought to another, and that happens because September is in the back wanting to get a watch a piece of history. And uh, he actually causes this whole series of events to, you know, fall into place that winds up with Peter being taken back to from from his universe to a different universe. Well, the other thing that that strikes me, he tells Elizabeth, I have to take him back. And, And as he tells Olivia, I fully intended to take him back. And I'm thinking like, well, all of your equipment is at the bottom of that lake. Right. Are you going to rebuild it? I guess. And the other thing I thought, and, and, you know, I've been you know, in the market for a small portable generator for a while. Mm-hmm. So I want one of those generators that he had that was able to open a portal between universes because I just need it to operate my refrigerator, a couple lights and maybe my TV. Right. I, well, I, don't need, I don't need to open a portal. Well, I, but if you should you decide to open the portal, you know, you want to make sure you get one that can uh, handle the wattage necessary for that. Yes, absolutely. So, all right. Um, again, whatever. <laughs> or you can just go diving to in uh, Redken Lake or, or Reedon Lake, sorry. Yeah. And uh, there's, you know, there's one right at the bottom of one. Right. But, but still, I mean, I'm not sure how he planned to return. You know, I mean, obviously he's got maybe more important things to d- deal with at this point, but there's no going back anytime soon because of the equipment being at the at the bottom of the lake i mean i suppose he could go to nina and use the resources of massive dynamic to you know send a dive team down there and bring it up okay i guess that's not well i i think it's obviously it's it's irrelevant because peter's not going back we know peter doesn't go back right sure sure so we don't really even question it, like how is he going to get Peter back? Because we know that a it doesn't happen, and b the minute his wife sees him, and we're like, game over. Yeah, that's yeah. that's not happening, bro. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so what's the deal with William Bell? I mean, it, do we believe he's actually in Europe? So yeah, that he, he's almost like a major part of this episode by not being in the episode you know yeah um you know william ashley tells nina no william sorry walter tells nina you know will she's like william wouldn't want you to do this he's like oh yeah he would he's like he's been trying to get me to do this for ages and now finally i'm doing it now you know so um now his influence is dare i say massive uh in this you see what I did there? I do. Yeah, okay. that, was, that was a dynamic uh, move <laughs> yeah. on your part. Oh, nice one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but but by not being here, he is like a really significant part of the episode. Right, because we understand he's not in the other universe. The, the, I think we have to believe that this is the first time right. well, they tell us gone the over there. Time. Right, right, right. But on the other hand, 
William Bell couldn't be bothered to come back for a few hours for his friend's funeral. Oh, he's looking for funding. And the funding is going to drop out, uh, dry up if he's not there for a few. I, I just now, on the one hand, you might say, "Well, that tells us a lot about how we should perceive William Bell and his motivations, and whether or not we should trust him." Because obviously, Olivia is the only one that has met him at this point. I mean, right. I mean you know, obviously Walter in the past. Yeah, and and, and Olivia is not foolish. She understands that any level of trust that she's built up with William Bell is tenuous at best. Right. Well, and Walter says, how many times have you called him? You've called him a lot, haven't you? He's not responding. He doesn't want to be here. You know, like this, William is making a choice, right? He's maybe, you know, putting himself at a level of plausible deniability, but he's making a choice. He's making no effort to stop Walter at all. He does want Walter to do this. Yeah. Now, Bad decision on Walter's part to show Elizabeth the other Peter. I mean, I don't know what you gain by that, really. I mean, it doesn't make it easier for her to well, no, get over. No, she's just she's unexpectedly there, right? She shows up at his lab. I can't remember, but I don't. I think he didn't intend for that to happen. Well, yeah, but he shows her the window into the other universe. Oh, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, that's probably not a great call, right? Um, and that the other Peter's in bed, seemingly well, but but we know he's not. He just may not be quite as sick as their Peter, um, because you know we know Walter and it's working on a cure as well. And, and yeah, uh, and you you want she needs to she needs to move on. Well, well, you know, I mean, we see Walter and it working on his version of the cure and then we see the observer so are the observers traveling between universes i just remember what i was saying like um so so you know walter's wife is she, elizabeth right elizabeth yeah. um if she needs to she needs to move on right sure. she needs to process this and by his showing the other peter another world it's making her unable to process, right? Like sure. it just, it, it makes it work. Like she has to get through the, the, the pain obviously must be unbearable. You know, the, the losing a child, I, I can't even imagine. Um, but you know, this, this bandaid he tries to provide her is just the, it's like, I'm not saying it's the worst thing you could do, but it seems like he's, like I said, he, he's making it impossible for her to, to, to move on because she could just like, oh, I can look at this window and there's my, my son there, you know, and everything. Yeah. Now, I mean, getting back to the observer, uh, Walter and it clearly sees him. Has he seen him before? Do they have, you know, some sort of a relationship? Are, are there observers on both sides or... Do the observers travel between universes? Yeah, I, again, it's one of those things that I don't, I kind of remember, but I don't. But I think it's it's safe to say at this point, my guess would be there's only one set of observers yeah. that are able to travel between the two well, universes. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need to guess at all because September is in Walternet's world, and then he's there to pull Walter and Peter out of Reed and Lake. Right, unless it's a different September. I mean, I think you're right. right. But, I the, think but it's, it is. it's a guy who 
but he 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 like he understands the importance of the boy. Like I I I think it's fairly clearly. I think it's the same. I mean, yeah, you're right. It could be. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Like it would even at the time I must have understood that it was just you know just the the same guy who's rescuing Peter because of Peter's importance, right? And yeah. that was the thing that the 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 um the September that we saw distracting Walton in the first place knows back to the future starring Eric Stoltz is that uh, blasphemy or no uh it, that is a s- significant what if Eric Stoltz actually started filming uh back to the future oh I don't think I knew that yeah yeah he was he was Marty McFly they filmed I like, think even for like maybe a month and then they were like nah this isn't working out, you know, like, uh, I guess his Marty was, had a little too much gravitas oh, okay. to him. So they, uh, they canned him and brought in Michael J. Fox and the rest is history. Yeah. Wow. Eric Stoltz was totally supposed to be Marty McFly. Okay. That was actually the first CD that we ever bought and, and the, the soundtrack for some kind of wonderful which, okay. Which was an Eric Stoltz movie. And I, you know, I did the whole thing where I came home, had, had the, had the CD wrapped up, give it to my wife. And she's like, all right, what is this? We don't have a CD player. Uh, yes, we do. Uh, <laughs> uh, why would I give you this if we didn't have a CD player? But uh, my first one was, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back by public enemy. Oh, okay. The first CD that I bought. Okay. Yeah. I, th- I think, uh, I like yours a little better, but. Um, yeah, though but, the, the, some kind of wonderful soundtracks. That's a darn fine soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the observers exit the movie theater. The boy is significant. September's told to restore balance. He'll have the opportunity to fix this. And and okay, so we're not exactly sure what that means, how he's going to fix it, or anything uh, like that. But the other thing that I found fascinating is that that we learned that. Walter's been lying to the military about a wormhole possibility and, and you know, so that they would continue to get funding. Well, but why would you tell them? Like, if you tell the military that they're going to be like, Oh, we're going to weaponize that for sure. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's funny. I'm in this, this mood lately that, you know, there's some shows that I, I want to just go and watch the series finale. And and Lost is one of them. It's been a long time uh, since I've seen it, but I watched. You want to rewatch the Lost series finale? (laughs) Uh, Come on, dude! Out of any episode out of Lost, you could pick. That's the one you want to watch. That is because I want to. Oh Lord, man! Well, anyway, I watched. All right, (laughs) I watched the Continuum finale, and that's where they're trying to open a wormhole for the army from the other side to come pouring through so you know like you said anytime you tell the military hey we can open a portal to another world and and again in in, within the fringe story that does seem to be what is going on once we're back in the present that you know somebody on the other side because of the deteriorating conditions over there wants to come over to the prime world our world and you know, we don't know what they want to do yet, but but certainly that is, um, you know, what's happening here. And as you said, at, at this point, you certainly understand that is a good decision. I think Walter makes to not let the military know that uh, that 
it is possible. But, but then poor Dr. Warren, she's just, she understands the implications of what Walter is going to do. And she quotes Oppenheimer, which again, it's, I mean, it's just such a profound quote. I am become death destroyer of worlds. And, and Walter's reaction, don't quote Oppenheimer to me. Why? Because he's right. And that this is literally what you're about to do. Oppenheimer was only going to possibly destroy one world. Walter Bishop, you're potentially going to destroy two. Yeah. Or more. I mean, you know, this is the multiverse, so we don't know how many. Yeah. Well, and and we have already seen in the last episode, we've seen the consequences of what Walter is doing. Sure. People being merged to other people with like two heads and four arms and legs and buildings replacing other buildings. And you know, the, 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 the human cost already is getting pretty high for Walter to save one boy. Yeah. Yeah. And okay, fine. William Bell cares more about money and prestige rather than science. All right, maybe he does, but I, I think if you're going to build a corporation like Massive Dynamic, you need the scientific mind of somebody like Walter Bishop and perhaps the business acumen of somebody like William Bell. And, and of course, William Bell you know, has to have a, a certain level of scientific knowledge, which I'm sure. sure he does possess, but perhaps not the genius level that we see with Walter Bishop. So, you know, so that, that's certainly interesting. Uh, we see what happened to Nina's arm. Yep. So we're not sure how long it takes before she gets the bionic arm that, that we see her with now. I, I suspect that it's probably a few years down the road, but it's massive dynamic. So you never know, but it's yeah. massive dynamic in like 1985. So yeah, well, I mean, like that iteration that she has now could be, you know, different. And it was like weird because her arm is like there, but it's like not there, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's like it's like you know, like glowing, like Peter was. You know, the other thing that that I missed the first couple times I watched it, and I was waiting for a reaction that never came. Our Walter is on the other side. And he wants to take Walter Nitz, Peter, you know, back with him. Elizabeth surprises them in, in his bedroom. And then he tells her, I need you not to doubt me. Mm-hmm. And then he calls her Liz. Now, we know her name's Elizabeth, but that doesn't mean right. that everybody named right. Elizabeth is or or that Liz. this Walter exactly. you know, refers to his wife by the same nickname that he right. does. Right. And I kept waiting for her to react like, you never call me Liz. Where did that right. come from? Because young Peter eventually recognizes the fact that you're not my father. Yeah, it doesn't take him long to figure it out. So Though we know Peter's a smart cookie. Yeah, yeah. But again as you said earlier in the discussion obviously a certain amount of gaslighting has to take place to explain because he's too old 
otherwise. And I mean, again, right. I don't know what you tell them. Uh, I mean, he I know, know. you know, sick, what, you know, like yeah, you're just having the fever. Everything's well, good. You're right, right. And 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 again, like I'm sure you're like me. I don't really remember, but that's that sounds about as plausible but as anything. Like you know, when I was a kid, people flew zeppelins around. Yeah. How come there's no zeppelins flying around anymore? Like, you figure that'd be something you would remember, you know? Yeah. Well, one. So would here's think. another thing that I'm thinking of, Dave. So this actually might even go in support of 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 Walter and what he did because that, I mean they don't. This isn't something they consider in the show, but this is something I thought is like okay, our Walter Bishop figured out how to. A, not only see the other side, but also to travel from one side to the other. How long would it be before Walter that figures out that same thing? Right. Sure. Right? And then does, is he the same guy? Does he, if, if he figures that out, I mean, the, like we know from like word one of the show from season one, episode one, that there's a war going on, right? Between the two worlds. And so, you know, would the other side if they had figured out how to do this first would would they have gone would that would Walton have gone to the military and said hey not only can i see the other side but i think i know a way to get there too you know like that's possible so i mean this this is all speculation and all like you know what if and what could have happened but uh you know just as certainly as eric stoltz could have been marty mcfly that uh, the Walchnet and his ilk could have, you know, gotten kind of the jump on, on, on our world. Well, well, the other thing is, it's been our understanding that the scientific progress on the alternate world is far more advanced than this side. So, is the other Walter just not the genius that our Walter Bishop is? You know, maybe not. I mean, obviously he's pretty smart, but yeah, at least figure out how to make a cell phone. Yeah, well, right, right, sure. Um, and then you know we get to that final scene where where we're back in the present. The way she looked at him, I couldn't lose him again. You can't imagine what it's like to lose a child, and even though he admits to Olivia that the cracks between the worlds are his fault. That's what he's going with. I mean, you understand. And then you see Olivia. She doesn't know what to say or how to react. And you understand that. What do you say? Of course, I know what it's like to lose a child. Well, maybe I don't know, but I can imagine. No, you can't. Sure. And she doesn't right. pretend to. Right. And on the other hand, you know, she's super pissed at Walter because she probably has this narrative in her head already as to why peter from the other world is here and what devious things walter had done and then she hears the story and it's like oh damn you yeah. walter and now i can't be as mad at you yeah exactly right all right what else so, well so so we get we get a couple of really like heartbreaking scenes obviously when peter dies at walter's arm man that is that that is just man that's that's rough that's rough to watch um, but it's maybe even harder to watch the scene where in, you know, Walter Nitt's wife says goodbye to Peter and tells him, bring him right back. But we know she'll never see him again. Right. 
you know. So that was also tough to tough to watch, you know. Yeah. Um, or will she? I, I that good question. I don't. I don't know. I I don't remember either. <laughs> <laughs> I think I remember actually, but I'm not going to let on one way or another. But but um, well, as far as we know at this point, like she'll never see him again or something. Uh, certainly not for you know a, lo- a long time that has gone so far. Though, yeah, we could probably see that the 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 arc of the show is heading for, you know, I mean, Peter obviously is going to have to go back to the other world, right? He's got to; like, he can't just stay here. Now that we know this, it's going to get out. He's he's going to he's going to want to go back. Well, the next thing that has to happen is somebody has to tell him what the truth is, and that's either Walter or Olivia. So, yeah, or he's going to find out the truth some other way yeah yeah but the truth is going to come out i mean we know that right i mean it's not like they're going to drop this more like say hey Pierce from the other world uh we're not going to really pursue this plot point but i just wanted you to mess with you and throw it out there like obviously it's going to be a big part of what you know follows in this show yeah plus next week's episode title is uh rather foreboding olivia in the lab with a revolver Ooh. <laughs> so i don't know it is all right Oh, there's this kind of rock and roll scene where where Walter destroys the window that he sees the other world through, like kind of very punk rock there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, there's just so much. I I can't believe I've said everything. Orla Brady, as a you know, um, Fred will will also mention this. How she plays Laris in in Picard, and she's awesome and very very pretty. Oh, we do September, right? We knew September. We, like it, it actually, the the one of the, the climactic moments of this is a scene we've already seen before, where Peter and Walter fall on the ice, and September dives in and saves them. Right? Right. Now, I don't know that we saw him driving them home before. Uh, yeah, right. I don't think we saw that either. But we right, definitely but that knew that cool. they were we were saved from the ice. Right. 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 So that was that was pretty cool. All right. I think I think that might be it. Okay. I don't know. All right. I know there's probably about 10 things we're probably thinking, about five minutes, I yeah. should have said, but okay. let's get to the feedback. All right. Well, we heard from Suzanne in Germany. Haven't heard from her for a few weeks. She says, Dear Dave and Wayne, this is a note from Holiday. Still in Germany, nothing fancy. But I wanted to let you know that, yes, a that different- That means vacation, by the way. Yes, exactly. All right. Uh, different place, <laughs> but still the same time, and me glued to my earphones listening to you guys. Never change routines that make you happy, right? Absolutely. Yeah, right. right, It's funny that she says, well, I'm in vacation in Germany, nothing fancy, where for us to be like, oh, yeah, (laughs) exactly. All right. So anyway. All right. She says, sorry, but I have to start by confirming that indeed the best advice Dave has ever received was befriend the secretary. She'll be able to help you with almost any problem you might have. So treat her accordingly. I am obviously not biased at all. Then I want to side with Wayne regarding that one discussion you had. I also find it totally unnecessary that Fringe shows us small, supposedly adorable moments of people who will die like five minutes later. As the viewer, I feel somewhat manipulated by that pattern. Uh, Exactly, Wayne. I would feel for those poor victims at the wedding without having been shown snippets of them before. Even more so, I guess, since I've come to immediately close off any emotional investment in a minor character on Fringe because 
I just know they'll be killed off anyway in an instant. So I am bothered rather than more empathetic. Preach, Suzanne. Yep. And as much as I hate to criticize Fringe, I have to bring up one more point which I can't stand in any show or movie and which is so overused as a plot device, in my opinion. And I'm talking about people allegedly using the bathroom of somebody while, of course, sneaking around, always finding that top secret file, the safe, dead body, God knows what. Yeah, right. That is such a major, really, trigger for me, (laughs) and Fringe did it as well. Yeah, they did. But don't get me wrong, I keep enjoying the Fringe journey very much, and the ending of Jacksonville gave me chills just like the first time I saw it. And again, also the first time I watched it, I said, God damn it, when that almost kiss between Peter and Olivia happened. I bet she said verdumped. (laughs) Well, when it did not happen. (laughs) Uh, By the way, I liked how you pointed out how different it was to watch that uh, virus Fringe episode after our common COVID experience. So true. Uh, great to hear, Wayne, that you started on Succession. I'm sorry it doesn't wow you. Like I said, I'm, I have an open mind. I'll see. Ted Lasso? Okay, okay. Everyone seems to be recommending it to me. I'll give it give it and try it. Torch was already on my to-watch list, and those are all for sure. Yes. Ted Lasso and Torch were both awesome. I have to strongly disagree regarding Ethan Hawke. I enjoy watching him in almost anything. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the second I saw that Dutch driver's license on Fringe, I wonder if Fred found it accurate. So thanks, Fred, for clarifying. Dave, that old email signature you mentioned, that's perfect. I might steal that one. I loved all the input from you guys, but also from Fred and Alan on the temperature measurement thing. As I said before, I'm always fascinated by those different perspectives on topics. Highly interesting. And while I'm at it, I for one appreciate those little political rants a lot, Dave. I agree wholeheartedly with the message. I mean, it's your podcast, after all, so you talk about whatever the hell you want. Thank you. And well, today was, (laughs) 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 we delivered. Uh, That's my closing words. Thanks for keeping me entertained and all the best from Germany, Suzanne. So, well, and and just a reminder, I meant to point this out at the beginning of my rant. If you are new to the podcast, perhaps uh, I am a conservative, no longer a Republican, but a conservative. So, yeah. All right. Well, why don't Which we? Good. We're glad to have you, Dave. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm not like a conservative at all, but yeah, I, I know. But as the the flaming liberals of the world uh, are glad to reach out to those who have a more conservative bent, because we can work together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, let's hear what Alan in England has for us this week, and we'll be right back. Hello, Sci-Fi TV rewatch. This is Alan from England here with feedback on the latest Epringe episode, Peter. What I'm watching, I just finished the second season of Sweet Tooth, global pandemic, which hits just as children are born part human and part animal. Really enjoyed the first season. I struggled a bit through this one, but now it's set up for a season three conclusion. So I'll watch that when it comes. Also, just finished the final season of Rain, that Scandinavian sci-fi drama, another global pandemic, which was unleashed with the rain, but now it either never rains, unlike Wyndon, or the rain isn't a problem anymore. Anyway, that is now resolved. Halfway through Brave New World, the book, which now, of course, I can't help comparing to both the TV series, and indeed also comparing to 1984. The Fringe... Season 2, Episode 16, Peter. The uh, previously on Fringe, 
launches us straight into the mystery of Peter, and the floating location letters are a different metallic kind of font, telling us that we're in 1985. I was puzzled by the picture of what I thought was George W. Bush until I realised it was actually his father, Vice President Bush, next to President Ronald Reagan. That's some makeup job on John Noble as a much younger Walter, and even before the advent of digital de-aging. Is this the first time we see Dr. Carla Warren, and is this the assistant that perished? Love the altered title sequence in full 8-bit 1980s style, referring to cloning and stealth technology and other things which, at that point, would have been in the future. Not to mention the infamous cold fusion. Back in the modern day, Walter's in the doghouse with Olivia, who is not happy. Back in the 80s, Walternut is trying to find the same cure that Walter needs. Back home, there was a great bit where the younger Walter appears to easily run up the stairs. I mean, makeup is one thing, but acting 25 years younger is something else. Really impressive job. It makes you wonder how much uh, John Noble has been emphasising his uh, older age through the whole rest of the series. Young Peter looks so much like his older version, it makes you wonder if the casting was done by the same people as Dark. Alas... This Peter soon passes. Actually, it's only on this third rewatch that I noticed he actually passed right away in front of our eyes, as opposed to just sometime between that scene and the burial. It's actually quite moving, really, as is the conversation afterwards when uh, Walter is trying to comfort Elizabeth by showing the alternate Peter living on. At last, we have the meaning of what the observers were discussing in that episode August, where one of them said somehow they'd made a mistake and contributed to the loss of Peter. As we see, Walternut misses signs of a cure because he's distracted by an observer, although why he's actually turned up there, I have no idea. I'd noted they were back in the year that uh, Back to the Future came out, before they indeed show the observers coming out of the movie theatre, albeit with Eric Stoltz, who had actually been picked for and filmed some of that part before then Michael J. Fox took over. Walter tries to improve on his window with a full wormhole, much to Carla's disapproval. I think if she'd focused on the material risk to the universes rather than the religious angle, she might have made more impact and made him think again. Now we see revealed the origin of Nina's hand injury as is the full explanation of Walter's saving that Peter because he's forced into a rescue abduction to save him because his formula's damaged. We also see the observers save them from the ice, explaining yet another mystery. Elizabeth taking to the other Peter reminds me a lot of uh, Dark's Ines taking care of Mittel, except, if anything, it's even more complicated. Then... A bit like near the end of that movie Inception, we realise we are still one level down when we return to see that this has been Walter's retelling of the events to Olivia. So many excellent reveals and explanations in this episode of things previously hinted at. Another awesome episode. Take care. Alan from England. 
Alan brings up that series, The Rain, which is a Danish post-apocalyptic story that I'm sure I've mentioned before. I think you said you haven't seen it, right? I have not. Okay. It follows a group of young people trying to unravel this evolving mystery of the pandemic that has uh, hit you know, their little, uh, I guess, part of Europe. I can't remember if you ever learned how widespread the pandemic is, but um, it was pretty good. I think it went for three seasons and they were like eight episode seasons, maybe even six, but it was pretty good. I enjoyed it a lot. So uh, other than that, I think we've pretty much talked about everything else Alan said. So unless you've got something. I I mean, the the de-aging and Fred will talk about that as well. You know, like I I don't believe they use CGI to do it. I think just would use good old fashioned makeup and wigs and stuff like that. But it was very effective, right? We definitely, and of course, they only had to take him back 20 years, which isn't that, you know, like if you're being for being probably what, like mid late sixties, I would say to mid late forties, that's not too bad of a jump, you know? Like, right, right, right. And it's really couple, just Walter. You know, just kind of brush out a wrinkle here and there and you're good. Yeah. All right, well, let's hear what Fred's got, and we'll be right back with um, his feedback. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Fringe episode. Peter, Season 2, Episode 15, or, according to IMDb, Episode 16. First off, coming back to last week's podcast, first a little correction. I was talking about the Shannara Chronicles, but I called it Shenana Chronicles. I really like it so far, but I have to admit I'm only at episode three. I really wonder if one of you have seen it. As said, it's a bit Lord of the Rings-like, or it's actually more like the more recent series, The Rings of Power. But a bit more light-hearted, I think. But I have to watch more to really judge that. Actually, the actor Jed Brophy, who plays Dr. Moore, the big bad in this series, has a kind of similar role as Adar in The Rings of Power. This Jed Brophy doesn't play the role of Adar, but he does play several other important orcs in The Rings of Power. Okay, next topic. You were very excited about the last episode and couldn't wait to watch the next one. Well, things are really ramping up. And as you said a a little bit ago, fortunately, we don't have to wait eight weeks. We only have to wait one week. And, you know, depending on how things go, maybe uh, only a couple hours to see the next episode. Right. And that exactly happened to me. Actually, I typically watch the episode just before I'm going to record my audio feedback, so that will be on Saturday and Sunday. But in this case, I immediately watched on and watched the episode Peter after I finished up my audio recording for the previous episode. And what an episode! I really liked the flashback, or actually the big flashback that we got here. I was quite amazed that they took so much time to go flashbacking to what all happened. I liked that a lot, but I hadn't seen that coming, that they would do that. Perhaps fragments or people telling about the past, but not showing it like this. With the whole de-aging stuff, etc. Really nice. 
I think the de-aging of Walter and Nina Sharp went more or less well. Some scenes better and some scenes a little less. But overall, nicely done for a TV series. And I said last podcast that I would call that episode resentment. And I was really in doubt whether Olivia would want to work on with Walter. And in the beginning of this episode, of course, we see that very much. She actually doesn't want to see him, um, doesn't want to work with him. But eventually he still can come in and tell this story. I'm not sure if it's making it better. Great to see Orla Brady here, who plays Elizabeth Bishop. Crazy thing in IMDb is that it's said alternative Elizabeth Bishop, whereas in the flashback she also plays the, let's say, our universe Elizabeth Bishop. But whatever. I looked her up on IMDb and she will be back, even in season 3 and 4 a little bit. So looking forward to that. And Wayne, you probably will know her as Laris in Star Trek Picard, where she plays the girlfriend of Captain Picard, even a Romulan girlfriend. And yes, this is also a spoiler, he got a girlfriend at the end of his life. Although the path to that, as you can expect with Jean-Luc Picard, was not easy. If we are thinking back to his relationship with Beverly Crusher and with Vash, the archaeologist, it's always been difficult in his life. By the way, not talking about Star Trek, although um, I'm very much looking forward to the second season, as you wane, of Strange New Worlds. I've only seen the trailer, and that promises uh, quite a bit. Listening to your podcast of last week gave me an idea, because you were talking about why Olivia doesn't remember anything from Jacksonville. Is something taken out of her brain, like in Walter? And the same thing could be true then if that's true for peter why does peter not remember anything from the alternate universe has peter also something removed from his brain what i didn't understand were the zeppelins i mean the other universe was more advanced the alternative walter did get a cure Uh, walter from our universe got the idea of the mobile phone from there But they still are flying with Zeppelins, just because the Hindenburg didn't crash. More advanced and flying with Zeppelins is not going to be logical. I posted a link to a short YouTube documentary of 7.5 minutes about whether airships really could dock at the Empire State Building. And this episode nicely connects back to Season 1, Episode 12, called No Brainer, where Walter met Jennifer Warren, who is the mother of Carla Warren, and she wanted to know from Walter what happened to Carla in the last days of her life. So that Dr. Carla Warren that we see here has died. No spoiler, just a conclusion from a previous episode. Greetings, all the best, Fred from the Netherlands. Yeah, I, I mentioned before, I, I feel like even though the majority of the episode was flashback, like Fred, I, I don't think it was too much. I think it was the perfect amount. And and you know, again, if it was a 10-episode season, maybe I'd think differently. But given that they've got I, I 22. I think, I think it, this works really, really well because obviously they throw us this big loop 
like peers from the alternate world. And, you know, the first time we see it, we're like, what the hell? Right. And then uh, we have to wait eight weeks. And so by that point, we're like, oh, they better freaking tell me what's going on here. And they do right away. I think it would have been like for, for especially back in the day, you know, not watching one episode after another, I would have been really upset to have waited two months and then have some monster of the week episode that they throw at me. Oh man, I've been no like, kidding. I would hit the BS button hard on that one. Mm. Now we talked a little bit about this, but Fred wonders whether Olivia is now going to soften towards Walter. And you almost think, how could she not? Doesn't make the position she's been placed in any easier to deal with, but there's a level of understanding now that, as we said, she didn't have before. And I, I, I got to believe it, it will cause her to soften. I, I don't know that it's going to, you know, well, give, give her a good path moving forward, but. You know, it's just like any parent or teacher, or anyone that deals with kids, like it's so easy to get mad at them right off the bat, like for something like, how come this house isn't clean? Or, I mean, good God, I just looked in my son Brendan's room so I could fish this recording equipment out of there and it was a disgrace. Um, but you had to get, just get mad at them right away and not hear their story. But once you hear like, you know, the story, the rationale, you're like, uh, all right. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know, so you know, yeah, I think it's it would be very very difficult for Olivia to still be angry with Walter after hearing the human side of his story and seeing that what he did was not out of, I mean, partly hubris, but really more out of out of love and a really a bad series of unfortunate events. So, anything else about Fred? No, I think I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, Fred, Alan, Suzanne, thank you so much. Great stuff as always. And uh, we're at the grade time. So what do you got? I, I, as soon as it was done, I said A+. plus. Okay. I'm good with that. I mean, uh, I, I might rethink it a little bit, but I don't, like you say, uh, you know, if that's, if, if that's my only nitpick and now I don't even remember what it was, so. <laughs> no, I just thought it was just such like when we, we, we have our expectations for this story of being probably like Olivia, we're at a place where we're fairly cross with Walter. Like, how could you do this? How could you pull Peter from the other world? Like, you know, we, we know your son died. So just to replace him, you grab the kid from another guy. Um, but then when we, the whole story is laid out at the end of it, like, you know, we can't, I mean, we probably can judge him a little bit still at the end, but, but mostly we're like, definitely understand right the, he, the he, human side of this story right he wanted to save the other peter now yeah i guess you could argue that no, you didn't have to bring him back you could have gone to walter's lab and you know left him a note that hey try this yeah bt does remember when the bald guy distracted you yeah you actually had the cure yeah. uh, so i mean anyway all right um well, but again, I think like the time factor was definitely a factor, you know. Sure, sure. So, all right. Well, we will go ahead and leave it there, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that will do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything going on in your genre world? Uh, check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. 
emails can go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com we'll be back next week to talk about episode 16 of season two titled olivia in the lab with a revolver until then you know, Dave, like, I know sometimes we start talking about politics at the beginning. Sometimes we start talking about the weather and everything. Sometimes it's sports. But you know, Dave, somewhere there has to be a line that we can't cross. <laughs>